Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Episode 233 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride, NBA and NHL in full stride. You have college football playoffs coming up, bowl games coming up. And Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use promo code BELIEVE for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your first deposit, 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts with that said. Episode 233 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Episode 233 for the love of the game with yours truly. It's ATH, you're back in the saddle, back on the mic. Took a little bit of a week off. There was some travel scheduling. It was tough to get a guest, but took a week off. We feel refreshed. We are back. I've got hopefully two great guests lined up. One, we're going to talk a little bit about the college football playoff and what the selection committee did this past Sunday, which was a little controversial to say the least. We're going to get to talk to him a little bit later today. And we're going to bring on, hopefully, a major Rangers guest to talk about the Rangers because it's time to give them their due. They are the best team in the Eastern Conference. But before we get into those two guests, let's talk a little bit about what went down with the NFL in Week 13. So the first thing is the most impressive win to me was the Green Bay Packers. 27-19 Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs. Jordan Love has put together a really good month of football right now, and the Packers' defense has played well. I mean, last two weeks, they beat up the Lions, a good offensive team, and they beat up the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes-led team. I know his offense isn't as good as it normally is because his wide receivers are trash, but still. Those are two impressive back-to-back wins for the Packers who looked lifeless for a, a large part of the season, but right now, Sitting at 6-6, six and six, they'd be the seventh seed if the playoffs started today. I think the Packers are going to end up making the playoffs. Uh, another impressive win by the Houston Texans. 22-17 over the surging Denver Broncos. They got three interceptions from Russell Wilson. C.J. Stroud makes big plays. The Texans, D'Amico Ryans, I mean, has to be the coach of the year. I mean, they were projected to win about five games. They are way ahead of that. I think they're going to end up sneaking into the playoffs somehow. Big win by the Texans. Just a quick note, the New England Patriots defense has given up 10 points or less the last three weeks, and they are 0-3. They lost 6-0 to the Chargers on Sunday. Maybe the most disgusting display of NFL football in the last five years. I mean, this is just awful. 
The Chargers are awful. The Patriots are awful. Justin Herbert wasn't very good. And even when he was good, his receivers were dropping tons of passes. These teams are horrific. Absolutely horrific. As for the biggest game of the weekend, the marquee matchup was San Francisco at Philly and San Fran blew the doors off of them. 49-17 in Philly. I mean, San Francisco is the best team in the league when healthy, and I'm not sure it's particularly close. If you could guarantee Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, and Ayuk all being healthy and Brock Purdy being healthy, I think if you had to bet right now, San Francisco would be even money or minus 150 to win the Super Bowl. I just think they are the most complete team in the league. I'm not sure who's second and if second is particularly close. So yeah, that's how I... That's how good I think San Francisco is. This was an absolute beatdown. Brock Purdy now is 17 and four as a starter. 17 and four. Right now, he's leading the NFL in the QBR. I know he's not going to get the respect that he deserves because he plays for a Shanahan offense and in a stacked team, but he anticipates throws. He throws balls into tight windows. Like he's not just managing the game, he's making plays. He's a legit dude, okay? He's a legit, legit guy. And I, I'm i super impressed by him. I'm super impressed by the 49ers. As for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, I talked about it last week that Jalen Hurts is good. The way the national media talks about Jalen Hurts is that he's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes good, and he's not. I said it last week, and I'll repeat it again. If you replace Jalen Hurts with about 11 other quarterbacks. And we'll list them really quick. Mahomes, Allen, Healthy Burrow, Herbert, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, a healthy Kirk Cousin, a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Who else are we missing? C.J. Stroud is going to win the Rookie of the Year, who's super impressive and should probably get some MVP buzz. The Eagles would be just as good as they are now. Jalen Hurts is good, but he's just a guy, all right? He's not some transcendent quarterback. There are only about three of those in football right now. Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. Oh, Trevor Lawrence, you can add him to that list, who has a chance to be transcendent, even though he's had a little bit of an up and down year, he's trending upwards. So yeah, Jalen Hurts is just a guy. And in a league where quarterback play is as bad as it's been, oh, I forgot to add Lamar Jackson to that list in terms of guys who would be just as good on Philly than Jalen Hurts. He's just a guy. But don't give me this Jalen Hurts is a stud business, all right, because he's easily replaceable. He's closer to Cam Newton, as I've said before, where Cam Newton had that one transcendent year where they went 15-1 and won the MVP than he is to somebody like Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. It's just how I feel. And I, as a thrower, I'm not afraid of him. Now, he has the glorified ass push. Great. He's super strong. He... It is very good running, but I just don't fear him as a passer like I do other guys. So I'm just not a big believer in this Jalen Hurts as an MVP candidate type thing, which brings me to the MVP. Right now, Brock Purdy is the favorite, plus 300. Jalen Hurts is still up there. He's at plus 350. Dak Prescott has elevated himself to plus 325. Patrick Mahomes, plus 600. Tyreek Hill plus 1,800. I'm looking at the ESPN site right now. And my point on the NFL MVP is this. 
I know traditionally it's been given to a quarterback who has a top two seed in each conference. This year is not the year for that, okay? If you look at the guys who would be in line for that. I know I've spoken about Brock Purdy, and I've given him his props, but I still don't think he's the NFL MVP because you can make an argument that he's not even the most valuable player on his team, all right? If there was ever a year to go non-quarterback for the MVP, this is the year. If you want to tell me Patrick Mahomes is a default because no other quarterbacks have stood out and because Mahomes is the best player in the sport and his team would be so bad without him this year, especially offensively, fine, I can accept that. But I can't accept Brock Purdy. I'm sorry, even though I think he's really good. I cannot accept Dak Prescott because we know what happens to him in big spots. I just can't accept it. I know what the numbers are. I don't care. I can't accept Jalen Hurts, as I just said before. This is the year to give it to Tyreek Hill. If Tyreek Hill breaks 2,000 yards receiving, he should win the MVP. You've seen what he does to this Dolphins offense. Tua Tungabailoa, who's had a really good year, a lot of that has to do with Tyreek Hill. Tua is plus 900 right now. I think Tyreek Hill is the most valuable player on the Dolphins. And I think he should win MVP. I would even give Miles Garrett some love, what he's done. I know he's been banged up, and the Browns defense got absolutely creamed on Sunday, a pick that I had correct and against the spread. We'll get to that in a second. But to me, Tyree kills the MVP this year, and offensive player of the year is Christian McCaffrey. That's just how I would do it. And by the way, as I just mentioned, picks against the spread, I was 5-0 and this week. Right now, we're four games over 500. We are in the money. We are profitable right now. Does that mean a one and four is coming? Maybe, but we're going to ride the highs right now. Feels really good to, to hit a five and zero spot and picks against the spread. Moving on to the New York Knicks, 12 and seven entering the midseason tourney. They're in the quarterfinals. They play against Milwaukee tomorrow night at the time of the recording. They've won three straight games. They won another back-to-back two straight wins and consecutive nights. I know they looked lethargic against the Pistons but they pulled out a win. Jalen Brunson was sensational. Randall was very good down the stretch. And then another impressive performance against the Raptors the next night, Friday night. I know the Raptors are not very good. I know what they're going to say about the Knicks. The Knicks don't beat good teams. Statistically, they say the Knicks have had one of the hardest schedules in the league so far, but they haven't had that signature marquee win. They're a good team. They are a good team. They win games that they're supposed to win. They play hard in games that they're not supposed to win and are competitive. They're a good team. Julius Randle, I got to give him some props. He won Eastern Conference Player of the Week, had a big week. Jalen Brunson has been really good for them, should make his first All-Star team. They're a good team. I don't think they're ever going to be a great team unless something changes, but they're a good team. I do have to say one thing, and I've been on record saying I am a fan of his, but Quentin Grimes, it's been brutal. It's been absolutely brutal. Yes, partially because they don't pass him the ball and he's cold every time he touches the ball. But sometimes, my guy, you have to just go out and get yours and get yourself in a rhythm. Sometimes you have to take matters into your own hands. It's not always going to be set up for you, especially with this Knicks team. I know how good Brunson is, but he's a shoot-first guy. Randall, shoot-first guy. R.J. Barrett's a shoot-first guy. At some point, Quentin Grimes is going to have to take matters into his own hands and make things happen for himself and for others. I think he should probably move to the bench 
in favor of Dante DiVincenzo for a bit just to get his mind right. But yeah, it's been a rough stretch for Quentin Grimes. The kind of lone turd in the punch bowl of this Knicks season because the Knicks are playing well right now. They're a good team, not a great team. We'll see what happens with them in the in-season tournament, even though I really don't care about the in-season tournament. The NBA at large, a um, couple of quick things. One, the bottom of the Eastern Conference is absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. Detroit, even though I like a couple of their pieces, is brutal to watch. Chicago is brutal to watch. Washington is ultra brutal to watch. I thought Charlotte would be a little bit better. Lamelo Ball hurt. They are brutal to watch. The top of the Eastern Conference should be picking off wins. So if you had an over-under over for like the Knicks or the Orlando Magic right now, who are second place in the East, you are sitting pretty right now because they're going to beat up on those bottom teams. And as for the Western Conference, I mentioned it a little bit last week, but I just want to mention it again quickly. You're seeing a changing of the guard. If you look at the top four seeds, you have Denver, who's the best team in the West. I don't care where they are in the standings right now. I think they're third, but they are the best team in the West when they are complete. But the other three teams, I should say, Sacramento, OKC, Minnesota. Not really a fluke. What you see at the bottom of the standings or the middle of the standings, Lakers are in the playing tournament right now. The Warriors would be out of it. And the Clippers are the 10th seed. All those teams are incredibly flawed and are in trouble. Do I think they're all going to be in-season tournament teams at the least? Yes, I do. But I don't think those young teams at the top of the, the West are going anywhere. De'Aaron Fox is absolutely awesome. Malik Monk is going to win the sixth man of the year. That's my prediction. I love watching the Kings. Shea Gilgis-Alexander and that Oklahoma City team is so fun to watch. Their net rating is outrageous. The advanced metrics are so good on them. And Chet Holmgren will probably win Rookie of the Year. Yes, he's been better than Victor Wembanyama. I said that this last week. I will say it again this week. And Minnesota's defense has been really, really good. And Anthony Edwards is turning into the best shooting guard in the NBA. Devin Booker will have something to say about that. But Anthony Edwards has been ultra impressive. So I'm not really sure that this is a fluke. And one last thing on the in-season tournament. I think it's been a success. I mean, the players are playing hard in these games. People are talking about the NBA and the product on the court and not the next star who's disgruntled and unhappy. That's a win. Yeah, the courts are ugly. Yeah, some of the jerseys are ugly as sin. But for the most part, that's a win. And it hasn't been as intrusive to the NBA season. And players have cared. They've cared. You've seen them put in the effort. Yeah, Jimmy Butler sat out a in-season tournament game, but he's an anomaly. But for the most part, the players have cared. So I got to say that's been a success. Do I think it's sustainable success? I'm not 100% sure. But for right now, it's really hard to complain about it. All right. With that said, we're going to bring on a recurring guest, college football talk. And hopefully we're going to get to the Rangers after him. And we're going to get to them in just a matter of moments. So this past Sunday was a monster Sunday. I know I don't talk a lot of college football, but the selection committee made their selections on the final four teams for the playoff. Is extremely interesting. As you know, we've got Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Had to bring on my favorite college sports expert, Jordan Marks. Jordan, it's that time of year, man. It's your music. Yeah, we're we're back. Um, obviously, we're going to get into the hoop season uh, coming up here, but 
always like coming on to round out the football season and uh and what 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 a weekend it was so i am not the biggest college football guy however this year i've been monitoring a little bit more because the giants potentially have a top five pick looking into draft prospects so i kind of am in, in the mix here but the committee right there's no exact science for how they select their four teams and i think this shows so let me just ask you flat out do you think the committee got it right do i think the committee got it right i, I it, you know in my both heart of hearts and my brain i do not think they got it right uh, this is the last year of this so next year it's, it's going to be a 12 team playoff but you know there there will always be gripes of who the 13th team is who the fourth team that got the buy is so you know we have gripes right now in the 68 team field in college basketball right so um but for this it's it's big because this you have a situation where um the undisputed champion of a power 5 conference undefeated season um, and played a really tough non-conference and won all those games. Um, you couldn't have asked them to do anything else. They, they won all their games, um, but they're being left at home um, come the college football playoff. Uh, in and it seems of because of strictly because of an injury to their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis. We're talking about Florida State, obviously, who was the fifth team uh, in the rankings. To totally. Totally. Strictly because of the injury to Jordan Travis, they said yesterday, um, Boo Kerrigan was asked, the head of the committee, he said, the reason is because um, Florida State with, without Jordan Travis is not the same Florida State was with Jordan Travis. Um, passed for 55 yards against Louisville with their third string quarterback, um, but still won the game by 10. Um, so are they completely ignoring the defensive side of the ball where they totally dominated a, a solid Louisville team? Um Yes, I think so. Um, are they, and, and then, you know, are they ignoring, you, you know, you're watching, you're saying they use their eyeballs and it's just a different team, but then did they forget to use their eyeballs when they dusted LSU and the future Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels, um, earlier in the season? So, like, what what what, what are we doing here? Uh, you, you have a well, I think it was because when they dusted LSU early in the year, they had George Travis playing. The game was played, though. The game was played, and, and there's not only one. There's not only one player on a football team, right? Come on. I'll defend it this way, and again, I'm like sort of an outsider, so I feel weird having this conversation. But I'll defend it this way: if you're talking about getting the best four teams in, the best four teams in, I think they did a pretty good job because it's hard to look at Florida state as being one of the best four teams as currently constructed. And considering that whether we like it or not, it, it's a, it's a TV program, right? And they want the most compelling TV program. I think the committee had to do what they did. I'm surprised that they didn't find a way to get Georgia in, even though they lost the sec title game, which was essentially a knockout game. I'm just shocked that they didn't give grace. And I know it hasn't happened a lot, or I should say it, it's only happened once in the history of the playoff where the team that's lost their title game has gotten in. But I'm just surprised that they didn't give Georgia grace considering they haven't lost in almost three years. And they play in the SEC. And let's just, you know, be frank, the SEC kind of rules. Yeah, I mean, the SEC used to rule. I think the SEC took a major downgrade this year. They they played – 
they were significantly worse than both the Big Ten and the Big 12 in their non-conference. Um, really just one major win where Missouri beat Kansas State, but all the other all the other teams have non-conference losses um, outside of Georgia. Um, Georgia, if you put them in, you'd be putting them in because they won national championships in the last two years. You would not be putting them in on, on any basis for this year. I mean, yeah, they, they, they beat the crap out of, out of some SEC East teams, but I mean, those teams aren't well-structured within the power rating of college football. So um, you, you can't do that. I get, I get what you're saying. Do I agree with you that these are the four best teams that, yeah, sure. I, I do. But at the same time, I don't think that's what it should be about. I don't know how you explain to the Florida State Seminoles that they don't get to go play for a college for a national title. And and then you're also assuming that they won't in one month's time, there's no possible way they can win their game. You are just a, like that is not fair. Yeah, it's tough. That's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows? Oregon was a nine and a half point favorite over Washington on Friday night. So if we're just gonna go by Vegas spreads. I mean, sure. Would would Florida State have been over a double digit underdog? Sure, but whatever. If they won the game, it would be incredible too. So you can't just make those assumptions. And, and I want I want to hold a pin in the Oregon Washington situation because I actually think that's incredibly interesting. But I just to go back to Florida State, the worst thing to happen to Florida State was Georgia losing because yeah. Alabama was ranked three spots behind them in the latest AP poll. So if Georgia loses in essentially a knockout game, they get leapfrogged. And then all of a sudden it's just like, are you going to leave out an SEC conference champ? Yeah. And the I SEC mean, this... still beats the ACC, even though that the SEC had a down year this year. I'll, yeah. The Alabama thing caused major chaos. Um, but it, it does seem like, I, I it does seem like Texas, um, would have been the four there still. So uh, that's that's kind of why. So, you're, right say, so you're saying that if Georgia would have won, that Texas would have been the four over FSU regardless? Because that that's, I think Georgia would have been the one, Michigan would have been the two, Washington three, Texas four. That's just the way they ranked them. So I just assume that. Now, Washington made it slightly easier by taking care of business because they were undefeated going into Oregon, even though a lot of people thought Oregon was the better team. Now, I know this obviously didn't happen, but could you imagine, like, if Oregon wins that game, and again, they were a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, what does the committee do then? If Oregon wins that game, Oregon's in the, in the title, for sure. I, because I think... Does Washington get not? Washington gets knocked out. Washington would be knocked out, even though they're they split the season series. Um, but but one was on a neutral, the, the Oregon game, and Oregon's a conference champion, which they consider to be something. Um, and also, like just what they they they're clearly using eye tests, and Washington's been playing with their food for the last month, where Oregon's been curb stomping teams. So um, I, I do think Oregon would be in, and and honestly, I, if this if all this happened this way, Oregon would probably be a two seed. So. And there was no way that if Alabama was going to get in and the committee was going to reward the SEC that you could leave out Texas because of the head-to-head, correct? That they made that assumption a hundred percent. Yeah, they had not only not only Texas have to be in, they have to be ahead of them, right? So definitely wild, wild, wild times. I mean, I just if Jordan Travis is healthy, like they're obviously a lock to be in because I don't think 
this is the first time in the history of the playoff that an undefeated Power Five team has not gotten to the, uh, yeah. the Final Four. It, it it's it, it is, and it's crazy, and um, and and they didn't use the same. You know, players have been injured in the past. Quarterbacks have been injured in the past. I mean, this happened with Ohio State, I believe, in twenty. Cardell Jones. Yeah. So I, this has happened with Clemson. This has happened. I want to say I definitely have with Alabama, but that didn't matter. Um, but you know, it's happened. But you know, it happened three weeks ago, and they saw it last week. They saw it the week prior. They, so it sucks. Sucks. Sucks for them, their fans, everyone involved with that program. What's clear to me is that. There's each year has to be judged differently, right? Like there's no formula and you just have to kind of go by what you're seeing, what you think is going to be the best product as, as callous as that may be, but that's what we had here. It it is. And, you know, I get you're, you're starting to lean towards conspiracy ATH and it's, you know, Tim Foyle hat. Listen, I, I'm not, I'm not like a college no, expert, so I'm just no, trying to deduce what's going on here. Everything's about the money, right? Like, if you're telling me Florida State's going to play Michigan or Florida State's going to play Washington and be a be a 13 and a half point dog or something, yeah, playing Alabama is going to get generate better ratings and it's going to create more revenue for every ad spot there. So I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that, that's obvious, but you know. What's deserving? That that that's really what it. So you're a Michigan man, all right. Let's start here. Uh, before we get into the matchup with Alabama, Ohio State right now, your arch rival is going through a lot of what you went through not that long ago. I think about four years ago, before Michigan made the made the playoff for the first time, we were having a conversation about Jim Harbaugh. Right? Is it time to? move on from Harbaugh because he couldn't break for, through Ohio State. Now, Ryan Day is getting a little bit of that treatment right now. What do you have to say to the Ohio State fans in terms of and them calling for Ryan Day's head? I mean, personally, I I think it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about a guy who's lost seven games in his, in his entire tenure. He's he consistently he's gone eleven and one. He just loses one game because he can't get over the hump over a, a program that's clearly figured him out superior. He changes his coordinator staff every single year. Um, he he tried to um, concoct some sort of scandal where uh, he got Harbaugh suspended for this game and still. Got his ass ran out of town. I mean, so you're it, still hold on. You're still salty about the Harbaugh suspension with when? Oh, no, I'm not salty. Well, I feel that I'm totally vindicated. Screw him. And uh, we we won the game. And the two years prior, we won the game by running the ball every single time and just dominating their their defensive front. And the year prior, we had a, a little man named Aiden Hutchinson who absolutely torched their asses. So I, I don't think anything had to do with signs or anything like that, but Ryan Day is a coward and he's going to cry about it. And he got his ass handed to him once again. So um, if the fan base wants to fire him for winning one game, I think that's crazy. I don't know how you can get someone better, but if he himself is just saying, I'm totally sick of this and I would rather coach elsewhere, um, I could see that. And I bet you 
both NFL and high major college programs would be happy to have him. Um, he's a brilliant offensive mind. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, you know. And yet his starting quarterback entered the transfer portal. His starting quarterback entered the transfer portal this morning. My opinion on that is that he was probably told they're going to bring in a, a, a higher caliber senior transfer that's going to probably get seven figures in the NIL space. And you're going to have to compete to keep your position. Um, Ohio State wasn't a great. They had Marvin Harrison, who I think is the best wide receiver prospect in the last decade plus. And they still weren't a great passing offense this year. That's great. They have a Mecca Abuka, who's going to be a, at least a second rounder, if not better, another wide receiver. They had a, one of the best tight ends in Cade Stover. They still weren't an elite passing offense. So, yeah, you better open competition for quarterback. All right. So, you're Michigan Wolverines, number one seed. They get Alabama as their first game. What is it, the Orange Bowl or the Sugar Bowl? It's the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. They get they get Alabama in the Rose Bowl. How are you feeling about the matchup? Um, yeah, it's a tough matchup. Um, you know, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks like Jalen Moreau in the in the Big Ten. Um, he's fast, he's a load, doesn't have a great arm, but can definitely get things done out of the pocket. Um, the offensive line has been coming on as of late. They don't have the skill position guys that they've had in the past. There's not like a, the running backs aren't that great. Um, the receivers are not like Alabama receivers that are going to be first rounders. Jermaine Burton solid. So offensively, it's it's really about, you know, mitigating what Milroe can do with his legs and uh, trying to not try to limit explosive plays. Now, luckily for us, I, I think we're the number one defense in the country. Um, we have a great secondary I think we have the best interior line in the country, um, and I think we should be able to cause problems for them. Unfortunately, their defense is really strong, and and you know, we we've, we've struggled passing wise lately. Uh, JJ hasn't been as sharp. I think potentially he might be a little injured, but um, you know, I think it's going to be a lot about some trick plays, misdirection. You know, they're a super gifted defense. They have a ton of NFL talent. Uh, uh, both in, in the front seven and in the secondary. They have two first-round corners, a guy named you're going to love and you're going to see in the top 10 of the NFL draft, Kool-Aid and Kinstry, is, is a dominant cornerback. Um, so, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to carve up this secondary, but I think that Michigan has had a pretty soft schedule, uh, to say the least. And I don't think they've really opened up the entire playbook yet. I mean... Against Ohio State, they did a few interesting things. But other than that, they pretty much walked over every opponent that's come in their way, um, just running the ball, doing simple, easy throws in the flat. And uh, J.J.'s been sharp. But a month off, a month to prepare for Alabama. I mean, there's no coach that you really want to face, like, like Nick Saban also with the month off. But at the same time, it'll give us time to get healthy um and, and prepare for them and you know this is an Alabama team that just struggled to beat Auburn who the week prior lost to New Mexico State they've they, they played around with South Florida they lost by double digits at home to Texas I mean this isn't your old Alabama that's just been dominating everyone this is a team that is beatable um and making dragging their asses to Pasadena California um where I think that we'll, we'll have a good showing for for Michigan fan base and We'll see. It should so be a I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the opening line is Michigan only one and a half. 
coin flip, really, right? So I, I mostly yeah. for a one four, and I'm sure that people will start back in Alabama, and that can turn too. So we'll see what it closes at. So how confident are you? How confident? Because senior senior Michigan man correspondent David Portnoy is so confident in them winning. I think the entire thing that he's betting a million on Michigan to win the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, one milli. Would I have rather seen Florida State's third string quarterback? Yes, um, but would you have rather seen Washington? Mm, I might see. I don't. I don't want to eat my words later, but I. I I think I would rather have seen Washington. I think their their secondary is a clear hole. But again, you know, the Washington offense is is far and away the best offense left in, in the field. Um, so, um, you know, you got to beat good teams to win the national championship. So, I, confidence wise, I would say I'm in the six seven range. All right, let's move to the next game for a second. Texas at Washington. So, as I mentioned. The that Washington seems to be getting the least amount of respect, even though they're ranked number two, I guess, because of the undefeated, because Texas opens up as a four point favorite over Washington, according to the ESPN app. What do you make of this matchup? Because it seems to me like Texas might yeah. be the most well rounded team, yeah, in and, the field. And unfortunately, Texas being the three seed. Didn't get to choose where they go, but Washington got got the second of the two spots. So now Washington, instead of playing in California, has to go to New Orleans to play in the Sugar Bowl, um, where Texas is much closer to home. Um, so Texas is probably loving that. Um, in terms of good venues, by the way, yeah, good venues. venues. California, yeah. New Orleans, college football did it right. Absolutely, and. Um, and then the national championship would be in Houston, so that would be very good for Texas as well if they if they are able to do this. But um, so Texas, they've been playing really well lately. Um, they are they got some bigs up front on both sides um, that that should you know favor them over Washington. But their secondary is is not great. We saw it in, in Red River where Dylan Gabriel threw all over them. Um, and with Washington, you're you're talking about the best offense, uh, one of the best offense in the country, um, three dynamic NFL receivers, and you cannot say that for any other team. Um, Michael Penix has been awesome, another load um, to to deal with. He doesn't really run, but he he is he was really sharp against Oregon, and um, and then Dylan Johnson on the ground, who they've been using quite a bit too. So. That's a really good offense. Um, their defense, not so great. And, and Quinn Ewers has been really solid. Um, and then they have some 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 really good skill position players. They're also a team that can benefit from getting healthy. Um, Xavier Worthy is their best receiver. He just got injured. And and they have they have a couple guys on the defensive side also that, that have some lingering issues. So um, how do I stack this game up? I mean, this is this is definitely going to be a, a fun game. I think probably the total is probably in the low 60s if I would say what would the definitely. total was yet. Um, but it's, yeah, this will be a fun one. I, I expect it to be a higher scoring game. Um, two kind of explosive offenses, two really good coaching minds and in, in Sark and, and Kalen DeBoer. So, uh, yeah, this is this. I'm, I'm excited to watch this game, hopefully after a Michigan victory. Penix has an interesting throwing motion. I'm just, you know, thinking of him as the uh, 
as a draft prospect. I know he was a five-star, had a bunch of injuries, had a crazy ride to get to Washington, and now he's here. He had a monster year. On production alone, you'd think he's a first-round pick, but I, I the the throwing motion, I'm sure, is probably scaring teams. Whatever. That's a conversation for a different time. Before we get to your predictions on the bracket, two Michigan questions. One, obviously the game is in California. How do you think the Michigan fan base is going to travel? Michigan fan base is the biggest fan base. I think they'll travel just fine. I think there's a lot of Michigan fan base that's already in LA, just like there is here, right? So in New York. So is Jordan um, Marks going to be part of the traveling committee? Jordan Marks is not going to be part of the traveling committee for the semifinal. Jordan Marks will save his travel for the, the week thereafter if that if that happens. If we're so lucky to have that happen. Now, if you are so lucky to have that happen and Michigan wins the whole thing. Your coach has gone through some stuff with the NCAA. He's always flirting with the NFL and getting back to the NFL. The Bears are knocking on his door, I'm sure, all the time. If he wins, do you think he rides out to the sunset and goes to the NFL? This has always been my opinion that he would be doing. I have said this for a while, that if when, if Michigan wins the national championship, he's gone. And if we win the national championship, I don't, I don't care about anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but if you, the question is, if he doesn't win the national championship, is he just sick of the NCAA and just sick of everything? And you, you, have, a, you have a coach in waiting who's coached a third of the season, if not more than a third of the season, because he was suspended for the first four in the last three. I mean, he's coached half this more than half of the season. Um, you're, you're he set for up sure for takes over if he walks, right? Like no, oh, yeah, yeah. they're not going to do a coaching search, and and no, I don't think so. I think he would take over. I would think, but he's working on Harbaugh's working on a contract extension that has literally no like. There's no he can leave when like part of the contract's going to be he can leave whenever he wants to leave. But it's more so like how much comp can he get for these assistants? How much can they commit to NIL and things like that? Um, obviously, his own personal comp, but I don't, I don't think that's the biggest thing for him. Um, but no, I do think NFL winning the Super Bowl is on his list of goals. Absolutely. All right. So let's get your uh, your predictions on, on how the bracket shakes out. How the bracket think? shakes out. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think. Michigan Alabama is going to be a it's going to be a good game, um, you know, fought in the trenches. I I do think that um, in the end, I think that Michigan's defense uh, is the best unit in the game. I think that Jalen Moreau is prone to making mistakes at times, and I think that we'll be able to create enough pressure to be in his face um, and uh, and cause some advantageous field position for us. Um, and I think Michigan Michigan does move on to the national championship. And then on the other side, I, I think um, I do think that um, you know the way Texas is playing right now, uh, the way Quinn, Quinn Ewers is is playing, um, uh, and um, so and and I just think like the, the way that they have absolute beasts up front. Um, on the defensive side, I just think that they'll be able to hinder what Washington wants to do on the ground and then kind of just live with with what Roma Dunze, um, Jaden Polk, and uh, McMillan do on the outside and, and kind of be able to keep it close enough uh, that I do think Texas will win. And I think you'll see a Michigan-Texas because, Lord, we do not need an Alabama-Texas rematch. <laughs> and... 
And oh, I think Michigan's going to win a national championship. There we go. That's it. It's on wax. Love it. Absolutely love um, it. Um, Roma Dunze, by the way, is a, a guy for my New York Giants that I uh, have an eye on considering they need wide receiver help in the worst way. All right. So you have Michigan over Texas in the national title game, and that would make you a very, very happy man. That would make, I mean, that would be, yeah, that would be a life dream. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Well, and we'll let you go on this. Um, you are a self-proclaimed Jim. Jets, Islanders, Mets fan, right? You're obviously riding high right now with your Michigan Wolverines, but you're a Jim. The Jets, for a season that had so much promise, might be the most disappointing season in your history being a Jets fan. The Islanders are watching the Rangers become the Stanley Cup favorite and the best team in the league. And the Mets, this season didn't necessarily go as planned. How are you coping with those things right now? And how much do you need Michigan to salvage sports for you right now? Yeah, I mean, those things are totally on the back burner for me right now. <laughs> I mean, like, they, they, talk about circuses. I mean, oh, I to 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 go to watch a Jets game would not only be painful, it would be a disservice to my my family. It would be a disservice to my dignity I, I can't even i can't even sit and watch them it is so bad when um, when they go back to zach wilson this week what are you going to do then the crazy thing is he's the best of the options <laughs> he's he better is. he is and it seems like sal is just doing this out of spite because he doesn't like the guy it's it's uh yeah i i, I it i am so happy with this michigan season i mean beating ohio state was was so awesome I mean, three years in a row, it, it's amazing. And especially after, like, I literally became a lawyer just learning like about the scandal and learning about temporary restraining orders and how many days we have to file. And I'm, like, checking Twitter in the middle of the night. And I, I just, after all of that and all the weird Connor Stallions conspiracy, Urban, like, Urban Meyer, I mean, Ryan Day's brother's private investigating firm and i'm just like all these crazy shit and i am just so happy we beat them and we uh, and i'm just so happy to be here and i just i want to win one more game and i want to win the national championship obviously um but yeah just this is this is a really enjoyable time to be a michigan fan and and i want to keep it going so <laughs> so all the other stuff doesn't matter I oh I could care less about that stuff right now. I'm not following the Mets winter hot stove meetings. I think I can understand. What's the uh what's the setup for watching the game against Alabama? Obviously, you said uh, you're you're hopefully saving your your time, yeah. resources, whatever for for a potential trip to the national title. What's well, the setup so for watching game one against Alabama? So happy it's not on New Year's Eve because that was my my wife did not like when we had to we'll stay inside and watch college football for seven straight hours on New Year's Eve for the last two years. Um, but so it's New Year's Day this year, five o'clock kick on the East Coast, um, which is great. A Monday afternoon, it's it's perfect. Um, we go to a buddy's apartment and probably everyone bring their kids and the kids will play and we will be locked in um, on a couch. Oh, phones off. Phones. 
phones uh, probably on, but not, you know, nothing crazy and uh, not, not checking Twitter during games or anything like that. Pretty locked in, probably get my friend evicted for, you know, the third time in two weeks. Um, same friend. <laughs> so, uh, what, for um, a noise complaint? Noise complaint. Oh, yeah, I get, uh, we all get pretty intense, um, but no, not like a sports bar setup. Definitely not. Um, no, you can't do that. That's criminal. You can't do it. Yeah. No, I actually, I did it for the Iowa game on Saturday night because, well, 23-point favorites. I yeah, they were 23-point favorites. They weren't going to lose. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. And then and then hopefully, yeah, just start ideally. Just win, win this game, beat Saban. That would be so sweet. I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, you and I are cut from the same cloth, right? Like when the Knicks are in a big game, if they ever are, like I have to be in seclusion. You know, I'm not even sure I can watch with friends because I – I'm a, I'm a nutcase and it, and it hurts my soul and I just need to be alone. Right. So I sports bar for a big game is, is the worst move ever. If you really, yeah. really care. And if you're, if you're as psychotic as we are, you can't be at a sports bar with strangers. No way. No way. Like worrying about when the waitress is coming back for your next bet. That's, that's ridiculous. Someone's in the way on the TV. What, no what's way. the spread? What's the food spread looking like? Because it's basically uh, dinner time, but it's a little early for dinner. So, gonna, so we, what's we, the deal? We we always whenever we go to this dad's apartment, we do we it's pizza because we don't we don't want to have the conversation of who needs this, who needs that. Just order this five or six pies and call it that. I respect it. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I'm pulling for you because you need this. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Thanks so much for doing it midday. And uh, pulling for your Wolverines, man. Absolutely. And then we'll, we'll catch up once you, uh, once you get back into the college hoops grind, all right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I got to get back in that. But right now the NBA and the New York Rangers are taking up a lot of time. I, I'm off NFL, but as much as you can be, being a sure. prominent media member who still has to monitor the NFL. By the way, I was 5-0 and in picks against the spread this past week, so that was pretty nice. Which, which your, just your means a what for the season? Yeah, um, I'll pull it up right now. I am officially 33, 29, and three in the pick five. All right, that's great. Yeah, that's which, awesome. means, which basically means a one and four is coming next week, but whatever, <laughs> we're gonna celebrate a five and oh, first five and oh in the history. So let's focus on that for a little bit. Jordan, this was great. We're obviously gonna converse after. The Michigan game against Alabama. We'll get your reaction. Hopefully, it'll be a good reaction. And I'll speak to you soon, bud. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Take care. Thanks again to recurring guest, my college sports expert, Mr. Jordan Marks, for coming on to talk a little bit about the selection committee, previewing the brackets, see what's going to happen, who's going to win the national title. I know I mentioned in the monologue that we're going to have two guests. I'm actually going to split the episode up. So this is the first episode. The Rangers episode will be coming Next episode will be launching soon, but I wanted to get this one out early. That's episode 233 for the love of the game. Take us out big time.
were listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.